Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bipo will join us on the program. Up first in today's country comment, we'll find out how COVID-19 is impacting the seed retail business. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today we're joined by David Hamlin. He's the owner of Red River Seeds near Morris. We talked about COVID-19. Well, it's creating a lot of uncertainty, of course. Uh, I think we're probably less impacted than other businesses, uh, just given our our rural location and that we work uh, in kind of wide open space. We don't have a lot of um, close quarters where, you know, a bunch of people are working. But that, that said, we do have a lot of truck traffic and things coming in and out of the yard where we have to uh, you know, make sure we're following the uh, recommended protocols. They, you know, things like using your own pen and not sharing pens and giving away a few pens this week, I guess. Uh, but uh, trying to be as diligent as we can anyways. Any other um, major changes that um, you know have have come into effect uh, since this started? Or well, we're certainly. I mean, our, our you know in the agriculture business, we're of course uh, weather dependent. Uh, you know, we're seeding on you know April twentieth or May first, whatever the date is, and those things uh, we don't really have an option of of delaying for a month or two like other uh, industries could if it got bad. So we're we're kind of prioritizing things to make sure that the absolute uh, uh, necessary uh, things are in place for for the spring seeding season, and uh, um, I guess just trying to think through some of the uh, extra things that maybe we should have in place in the event that we do get, uh, you know, a real lockdown that has happened in other countries. How many uh, employees do you have there? Uh, we've got six. Any changes to to the way they're they're operating, or not really? Other than uh, just uh, better sanitary uh, processes, and uh, like I say, we we don't spend a lot of time in close quarters with each other. Uh, uh, so it's uh, uh, it's been all right. I mean, we certainly advise everybody that if they do feel unwell, that uh, they should be at home and self-isolating and we are encouraging guys to uh to adhere to the the recommendations of not doing any unnecessary uh, public interaction now as far as the uh the seed retail part of your business is that going to see any any impact i guess as far as uh you know maybe deliveries or pickups or availability um what what are you seeing there right now we're trying to put uh, deliveries on hold uh hoping that uh, you know, things are a little clearer a month down the road. Uh, we're not typically doing a lot of deliveries at this time of year yet anyways. Uh, most of the time it would start beginning of April, so we're, um, we're, we're just trying to keep that on pause. Uh, anybody that does really want to have their seat at home, we're just uh, trying to respect some of the, uh, you know, the distances and interactions, uh, having things 
prepare in advance for somebody to pick up so that uh, we can limit the amount of time that uh, guys have to be here. That was David Hamlin, owner of Red River Seeds, based near Morris. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. With COVID-19 shutting down travel, the federal government has addressed the temporary foreign worker program. Here's Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. You know how much we depend on these uh, foreign workers for the agricultural sector. So uh, today we have reassured the industry that uh, we will find a way to let them come. We still have to develop better the conditions under which they will come because uh, we... Our priority is still to make sure that uh, we protect the health uh, of Canadians. The Prime Minister announced yesterday the COVID-19 economic response package, which will include support for Farm Credit Canada. And the cattle markets have taken a hit as of late. Rick Wright is the administrator with the Manitoba Livestock Marketing Association. We saw a big correction in the cattle markets, uh, partly due to COVID-19 and, uh, of course, travel restrictions, restaurants being closed, uh, beef retail sales, this type of thing. Um, That combined with a major downward shift in oil prices have raised havoc with the cattle markets. We've lost probably 20 cents a pound in the last 15 days, uh, possibly more on some classes of cattle. And the uncertainty within the industry has made it very difficult to market cattle. Wright says there's also been a big drop in the number of cattle at auction marts. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, March 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Beeble. Yesterday, I had a chance to chat with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo about the COVID-19 crisis. You know that uh, we have uh, decided to close the borders uh, to non-Canadian uh, and we have a special agreement with, uh, with the United States, so uh, banning all non-essential uh, travels, but uh, letting uh, trade continue normally between Canada and U.S. Uh, obviously, this decision uh, brought a lot of um, uh, interest or <laughs> uh, anticipation around the temporary foreign workers. We know how much we depend on these uh, foreign workers for the agricultural sector. So uh, today we have re- reassured the industry that uh, they will, we will find a way to let them come. Uh, we still have to develop better the conditions under which they will come because uh, we, our priority is still to make sure that uh, we protect the health uh, of Canadians. But uh, we are confident that we're working with the industry, working with uh, the businesses and farmers who are hosting foreign uh, workers that we can find ways to have them in quarantine on farms. So these are the the conditions that we will be working around in the coming days. Now, the Prime Minister announced uh, uh, the economic relief plan here today. Um, Anything in there that that, uh, the agriculture industry would benefit from? Yes, the first thing uh, that, that we can see is around Farm Credit Canada because it's specifically uh, dedicated to the agriculture sector. But uh, it's uh, also the same type of support as we have announced earlier this week. The idea behind that is to give the federal banks and also private commercial banks more flexibility 
uh, and more capacity to lo- to um, to provide loans. So the idea behind that is really to support uh, private businesses uh, to not put too much stress on them in terms of cash flow, uh, having this possibility to. Uh, push forward uh, repayment of some mortgage or interest. So this is something that we can see that is specific um, to farmers when we talk about um, FCC. But more generally, the announcement that has been made today was uh, really to support people and businesses. And obviously, people, farmers are people, and all these measures to support uh, either workers or either you know, those having a, a business uh, will also apply to um, to uh, to to the, the the agriculture community. As you mentioned, uh, the uh, we heard the borders uh, between the U.S. and Canada will be closed for non-essential uh, travel. Um, will this have any impact on on livestock or commercial goods uh, between the two countries? No, we were very careful in our agreement with. Uh, the United States that uh, we both agree that we have to uh, let uh, everything related to food <laughs> flow uh, normally between across the border. It's uh, important for both of us in terms of food security. Uh, we know how our agriculture and agri-food, actually the agri-food sector is, is integrated. Uh, so the, the sector will not be uh, impacted in any ways uh, uh, truckers will be able to uh, to go from one country to another without having uh, to do the quarantine every time, obviously. But uh, we care for our workers, and we are asking them to be careful uh, to you know to do good practices in terms of protecting themselves and and be uh, thoughtful and and you know make sure that that they feel good. And if they don't. Um, to uh, to go and get the the health services they they might need, but uh, we're confident that they can keep working while uh, still uh, stay safe. And uh, actually, I would say that the food, the whole food system, and food workers are are essential for our uh, food uh, food safety across the country. And uh, I want to thank them for continuing to go to work because it's it's so important. Now, uh, can you give us a further further thought on on the food supply chain? Um, just the importance of keeping things moving, and um, maybe a thought on on some of the panic buying that we've been seeing. Uh, I think we we can reassure uh, everyone that uh, our food supply uh, chain is is uh, very very strong, very resilient. We don't expect to to lack anything, and uh, when we are asking people to to buy a little bit more, it's more to avoid uh, going in a public space too often. So if we if we're used to go to the to the grocery store three times a week, it's better to go only once. So yes, uh, buy a bit more, but not too much. We're not gonna we are not gonna miss anything. And um, I had a conversation with food banks today, and because of these panic, uh, they have seen their supplies uh, decrease uh, last week. So we have to be conscious that others need to eat, eat as well and that our grocery stores are supporting food banks. So it's it's always a, a challenge to find the right balance. But uh, 
there's no no reason to to run to the grocery store and empty the uh, the, the spaces. Uh, from what you've been hearing from experts, is there any risk of the of the COVID nineteen uh, transmitting to to food or, or animals? No, I just had a conversation with uh, professional experts at the CFI, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, uh, an hour ago, and uh, I was getting the latest news on that. And no, there's still absolutely no indicator that would tell us that the disease can be transmitted to animals. Obviously, we uh, were asking uh, farmers to uh, keep practicing the same, uh, you know, best uh, uh, practice, actually, you know, uh, protect themselves and and, uh, respect the phytosanitary measures that they are used to to follow. This is uh, always important to be careful. Same thing with the with the food. Uh, there's no nothing that would think would make us think that uh, we could get the disease through food. Obviously, uh, it's important to wash our hands and wash our uh, vegetables or fruits that we that we eat. Um, but uh, th- there's no uh, no indication that it can be transmitted to uh, to animals or or food. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. She joined us on the phone yesterday. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Corey Canute. Have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. There are a number of events that have been postponed or cancelled due to COVID-19. The Manitoba Farm Safety Conference, scheduled for this Saturday in Morden, has been postponed. Manitoba Porks AGM, scheduled for March 25th in Winnipeg, postponed. And the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, Will Bergman of Glen Lee was in India over the winter to see firsthand some of the work being done by the Canadian Food Grains Bank. I caught up with Will yesterday. Pretty incredible work happening over there. We've been doing a food grains, we've been supporting the Food Grains uh, Bank for, well, since its inception. Uh, but the last five years, a group of farms around us has been doing chip-in Glen Lee, uh, creating hope in people in need. And uh, so we have land that's been designated to us from the University of Manitoba, and, uh, and so we've been doing this project. It's been pretty cool. And it's been a passion of mine for a while to, you know, to, to feed people. And, uh, you know, Food Grains Bank falls in line with that. But getting to go on a trip was really incredible because uh, I got to see firsthand exactly where those funds are going. And, uh, and that was incredible. Nothing could have really prepared me for what I was about to see out there. I, I, I've been around, you know, poverty and i've traveled a bunch um but this is something totally different and i didn't realize this before going but india has the highest rates of malnutrition in the world in my mind i always equated malnutrition with um with hunger uh but the two are quite different actually and um you know the 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 people there had a lot of food or for the most part had food but they don't have nutritious food. And so to see the projects, uh, specifically uh, with a couple of the partners, uh, MCC uh, and uh, Epicor and uh, a group called ABSK, um, we could see where the education was going into uh, doing other crops, 
there's, there's quite a lot of monocropping that's happening, happening like rice on rice on rice on rice for generations. And uh, so now we're seeing the introduction of some other crops, lentils and chickpeas and uh, mustard and things like that. And, uh, and then even more importantly, uh, well, I guess maybe more importantly, but uh, kitchen gardens. And these gardens, you know, it's, it's something that here maybe in, in North America or as on the farm, we think, yeah, well, we've, we've always had gardens. We've always grown our own vegetables. But this is a new concept out there. And so, so a lot of the work is going into teaching these farms farmers in these villages how to uh, produce their own vegetables and uh and it's really changing lives it's really quite incredible how will this experience um maybe change change your outlook or, or just i guess change the way you you look at things here going forward you know it it, it really solidifies a couple things it solidifies knowing that there is a tremendous amount of need around the world. Uh, this is a totally different look on agriculture than I've ever seen before. Um, so th- there's a lot of need. There's a lot of hunger. The malnutrition thing was, was a new thing for me that I hadn't really thought about before. So the nutritious food uh, is, is, a, is a big one for me that I've learned about. Um, but also, you know, supporting the work that the Food Grains Bank is doing. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people give a lot of money to a lot of different organizations. Uh, Food Greens Bank, in particular, though, um, with the government matching up to four to one, is 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 dollars well spent. And and I know that you know coming from the farm, and I I know a lot of other you know farm friends uh, are concerned about where when they donate money to an organization that that money is really going towards uh, actually getting work done. And I saw firsthand that this the, the money is going right to where it needs to go and is absolutely changing lives. So, so that was you know a, a huge takeaway for me, and, and I just can't wait to do more with uh, Food Greens Bank. That was Will Bergman of Glen Lee. He's involved in the chip-in project for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Local auction marts are experiencing a big drop in cattle numbers. Rick Wright is the administrator with the Manitoba Livestock Marketing Association. We're on a seasonal drop as it is, but uh, Burton has 650 this week. They would normally have 1,500 this week. Uh, you know, Clarny was 185 cattle this week. They'd normally be five to 600 cattle. Uh, you know, the market is, is really volatile right now, and producers, uh, especially a lot of them, have kept their calves over are not very uh, impressed with the pricing, so they're hanging on trying to wait this out. So we've seen a, a sharp reduction in numbers and probably will do for the next couple of weeks. Whether we can wait out this thing long enough to make it worthwhile or not uh, remains to be seen, but certainly there's a reluctance to sell and, and certainly an uncertainty about buying cattle at this particular time. Wright says the cattle markets have taken a big hit due to the COVID-19 outbreak. And the Prime Minister announced the COVID-19 economic response package yesterday, which will include support for Farm Credit Canada. Here's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. The idea behind that is to give these federal banks and also private commercial banks more flexibility uh, and more capacity to, lo- to, um, to provide loans. So the idea behind that is really to support uh, private businesses to not put too much stress on them in terms of cash flow, having this possibility to uh, push forward uh, repayment of some mortgage or interest. So this is something that we can see that is specific um, to farmers when we talk about um, FCC. 
Bebo says the government is looking for a solution to allow temporary foreign workers to safely enter the country. More details will follow in the coming days. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.